welcome back to performing the arts and if you believe and if you can believe it or not this is episode 50 yes episode 50 of this podcast that i just started last year in the midst of quarantine and whatnot where i had nothing else to do but talk to my friends about theater and acting and stuff like that too but but i feel like i'm at a point where it's like this podcast has grown enough to become an actual podcast instead of just talking to friends. But anyway, uh, I'm talking with today. Uh, I'm talking with Hannah Furman, uh, not Furman. Uh, Fearman. Yeah, right. Furman. Like fear. Uh, Fearman. Uh, uh. Yeah. And you've probably seen her in in the VHS segment Amateur Night or its follow up. Siren, or you've probably seen her in recently in Creep Show or in other, you know, movies, you know, so forth and so on. But Hannah, thank you yeah. for thank you for being a guest on my podcast. But how did you get into the performing? Uh, easy question, but how did you get into performing arts? Well, my parents. Um... My parents uh, got me into it when I was really young. My mom did a lot of theater as a child and um, she got me in ballet and, and into the theater and um, into singing performances very, very young, like at three. And um, oh, wow. And I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as much as she did. So it really worked out. And uh, yeah, my father is, is a, a bit of an artist as well. He does all sorts of character work he, he does lots of different voices and um is an amazing storyteller so i think i got that from him where i i really just enjoy telling stories through through art uh since you essentially got the uh the acting bug or the performing arts bug at an early age did you go into different schools and whatnot or were you or or was it essentially that you learn what you knew from like from different other people um well i the first school that i went to when we came to the states was um had, had a wonderful performing arts department they also had a, a really great puppetry department and um so yes to both mostly uh with tv and film mostly i just jumped in um on my own doing short films and um and student films and just really learned that way. Um, and after that, I took some classes. Uh, well, I, I majored in communications um, and uh, took a lot of theater arts classes in, in college. And yeah. at, Wes at Wesleyan and at Mercer. And um, I also did, did a lot of uh, just like theater programs when I, was, when I was in high school as well. So both. Yeah. It's weird because when I, uh, my high school didn't have a theater arts program as it does now, but when I went to college, uh, the, it's weird because two of my community colleges I went to, one, they actually had a performing arts, uh, like its own performing arts uh, thing. Yeah. But in my other college, the other, other community college I went to, it wasn't part, it was like, for some reason, it was like the same thing where it's like it had, it was part of the communicate, uh, communication, like speech, arts, and communications uh, department. So it's like, it's weird that he was like, oh, you want to be an, 
if you want to be in theater, you have to go to the communications department and then essentially go to the theater department within that thing. So it's like, it's very weird how sometimes, well, not weird, but it's actually, yeah, it is very weird how sometimes colleges don't really give the theater department its own department unless it's like in a more four year thing where it's like, it's actually part of the curriculum and stuff like that too. So it may be in due to like space and whatnot or you know, the, the college feeling like, hey, it's this, it, it, like, oh, it's like, oh, acting, it's talking, so it's probably speech, so it's sort of like the same thing, so it's, yeah, it, it, it's odd sometimes, but in, in anything, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess they feel it's not broad enough, I, I don't know, but I mean, I, honestly, I'm sure they just have a theater department at, like, Juilliard, you know, something that's, yeah. that's just for the performing arts. This, this was um, this was a liberal arts school, so I guess I guess it it needed to be more broad in order to attract more students. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I am so out of it because of all this pollen. It is making me <laughs> like bleh, no like melting. <laughs> no problem. Uh, my I'm filming this right as the start of uh, the spring is ending to the start of summer, so there's like a lot more sneezing going on in the back. Uh, I'll probably be, like, be using a lot more tissues maybe during this, but yeah, right. It, it's it's just one one of those things where it's just like a lot of this weird. It, it's just like the allergies just happen to come up just right as the uh, summer is coming in. Anyway, yeah, that's how I felt, and I never had allergies around this time of year before, so I don't know what's going on. I did also use a vape pen last night, which was pretty stupid. But, um, probably didn't. <laughs> Not doing uh, that again. Uh, but yes, uh, but back to your um, uh, performing arts uh, degree. Uh, did you, in college, did you do any stage work? Like, uh, were you in any productions and stuff like that? Yeah, I uh, I wrote um, I wrote a play that won um, honors, I guess, um, and they uh, they put it on for me. So I wasn't in it, but I wrote it. Um, so that was really cool to see your, your original work, you know, put together like that. I didn't direct it or anything, just wrote it. It was great. Um, and that is the only theater thing I did in, in college. Um, I wasn't real active in the theater community there, um, but I was, I was still working as an actor in film and television. So that that part of me was already satisfied you know with yeah. with you know the art side of things because um i did my first feature when i was like 17 i think and um and just continued to work in the indie scene um out of atlanta ever since hmm. yeah. uh the and yeah speaking of indie scene uh a lot it's weird because when you're in, I'm not sure how it is in like different parts of. Oops, Oops. sorry. No. I had set my alarm for three o'clock and for some reason it decided to do something weird. Hold on, I'm sorry. No problem. Okay, no. I think I'm back. I'm back, I'm back in. All right. <laughs> anyway, that, that's good to have like, that's probably gotta cut out anyway. Uh, ooh, sorry. Uh, yeah. It, it's weird because in, I'm not sure how it is in other parts of things, especially going out of college, 
But when you're in college and you're an actor, like the, the bread and butter of being an actor is essentially, you know, short films, especially if it's like student films and whatnot. And you mentioned student films and, and uh, independent films. Around the same time, did you feel like it was um, like, when you were doing, like when you were done with uh, student films, did you have like this, like, because it's, it's weird because I would be trying, you know, there are a lot of independent filmmakers, especially who, who just come out of nowhere and they done a lot of like student films and stuff like that too. Did you have essentially the same feeling of student films are like way different than they are with independent films or is it just like the same thing where it's just like it's like i'm working with the same type of people that i probably working with any type of film yeah it's pretty much the same only the students have more more toys to play with because they're from the school yeah. but um yeah they're they're really comparable you know you can make you can make some really decent um real footage from doing student films. I did a lot of SCAD student films and I did some NYU student films. And, um, and that, you know, I did them for free and they stacked my reel and then I got an agent and joined the union, so. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, did you have any experience before with NYU or was it just like NYU because, because I really don't want to trash NYU. I don't, you know, I have friends who've gone to NYU, but uh, what, did you have any, because did you have any friends who went into NYU and you know, stuff like that, especially who are actors and stuff, you know, I think you know what I'm talking about. It's like. No, I don't. No. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I know anybody who went to NYU. Well, wait a minute, my buddy Kelly, she's an actor. Okay, I know one. <laughs> Yeah, no. Okay, because I because sometimes when I've taught, uh, uh, it's weird because sometimes with people who I know from on you, uh, one of my friends, Kari, uh, he was <clears> a, <throat> like a sound designer or at least something like that at NYU. And some of the people who I knew happened to be friends with him. So it, like, like uh, it's weird because when you're in the performing arts or at least in the acting world or at least in the entertainment world, it's very, it's very small sometimes. And a lot of people who you know just happen to be on stuff that you may have not worked with in the past or that you know. Uh, essentially, it's, it's weird because a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the people who you work with sometimes they actually may have worked with people who you worked with in the past. So it's, 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 very interconnected, as I always mentioned. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so in terms of now, was VHS your first feature, or yeah. was it like I mean, like your first like full feature, or? No, I've been making feature films since I was seventeen. No, I mean, like, no, this is like the I'm starting to like. <sighs> oh, okay, now uh, my. You mean anthology? Yeah, anthology. Is it my anthology. first anthology? Yeah. Let me th think. 
Yes, I, I believe it was. It was definitely my first found footage anthology. Okay. Um, yeah, but since then, I've done a whole bunch of them. They become very popular, haven't they? Yeah, uh, just anthologies in general. Anthologies in general are the, the one of the things I, I do love about anthologies that all self that all self contain. They don't like rely on the same thing unless it's like a tales from a crypt thing or creep show where it's like it has a host or at least some sort of like narrative thing if you mm -hmm. do one like an anthology movie it's it's fairly easy to do because you know all the stories you could do is essentially they can take place on halloween they could take place on new year's eve or something like that and narratively it's much more easy to do but what I did like uh, about Amateur Night was the fact that it, it is, well, VHS is essentially one whole found footage style thing, and this was made during like the, the height of the found footage like thing. What I did like about Amateur Night was that it kind of like takes the, the notion of found footage and just like, oh, it's like something because it's like oh, some found footage means someone's using a camera. The camera itself is actually just part of the guy's you know the like nowadays it'd probably be like a GoPro thing on in, inside of a cam on uh, someone's head or something like that. And throughout the movie, it's like oh, it's like it's actually in the guy's glasses so or something like that. Um, when you were filming that, is like. How was it like to film something that I'm because I'm trying to figure I'm trying to formulate in a, in a good question because it's like it, it's hard because when you're filming something that, that that typically requires you to you know with a camera and whatnot how was it it's like yeah was amateur night primarily filmed with a camera or would they do like tricks to make it look like it's being just filmed with the uh the 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 sunglasses uh, not sunglasses the glasses the camera the spy glasses yes yeah, the um glasses. they had a, a helmet and they mounted a camera in front of drew sawyer's eyes right here oh, okay. and so he he couldn't see anything um and they put a uh they put an iPhone on the, um, they glued the iPhone to the helmet here. So that would be a mod for the monitor. And, um, and then uh, they put like this furry thing on the helmet to make it look. So if you, if you saw his, uh, if you saw his uh, silhouette or his shadow, it would look like hair. And then they put, at one point, he also had a zoom mic on top of that. So it it was absolutely absurd looking, and then they they had a uh, they had a weight on the back to even it all out. So it must have been extremely extremely difficult for him to work in that, but he did a great job. Yeah, he did, uh, especially since you know uh, the character itself. He is like he rarely has any lines. I mean, he does have lines, but it's. Like the character is like, yeah, it's like you, 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 it's like the same thing with Lily is where it's like Lily 
rarely has any lines, but more along the lines of the movement that she does. Where, and it, it's the exact opposite with his character, where it's like, his character does have lines, but his, like, his movement is what essentially creates it to be actually much more of an impact, because it, you're, you're seeing it, like, in first person, because the spyglasses, you know, it's like, and stuff like that, too. Uh, and speaking of Lily, um, how it, it's, and it's awesome, it's weird because I never actually noticed this in the background before, but as they were going to like one of the clubs, I actually just noticed her in the like in the background, just like randomly in the background, I'm like, wait, is she? Is like, has she just been in the background this entire time? And I just haven't noticed until she like kind of like pops up. And it's like the stuff like that is like, it's always good to watch on a rewatch, especially if you haven't noticed before. And I think it's because I'm kind of like bent on like stuff that's happening in the foreground that I don't really notice anything that's happening in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, speaking of Lily, uh, Lily is, I, I want to say like half performance, uh, like half performance being like very special effects and other half being, you know, very physical. And you mentioned that you had ballerina or ballet training in the past. Did you employ that with the character? Because I know when Lily does move around, it is very ballerina-like, or at least yeah. it's very dancing-like. Me and um, my stunt coordinator, Elizabeth Davidovich, we, we developed the way she moved together. Um, everything was a choice that we, we made. and. Um, I think it worked. I think it worked out really well. She was also my stunt double, and oh. she's a um, she's a gymnast and a contortionist. So, oh. um, so she made some of those movements look really cool. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the makeup, uh, how long did it, because because there's like two phases of well three phases with there's like three phases. There's like the, the first phase, which just has like that little crease in the middle where you kind of like notice that something, something's in the middle of the face, but you don't really notice until <clears throat> yeah. like into her like succubus mode. And there is the succubus mode where it's like her face is like contorted up into like, like this and she has like yeah. bangs on that. And there's this third phase where she has her wings, which I didn't notice until I was rewatching it that like you can notice like there's some bruises on her back that kind of like notice like, oh, that's where the wings are gonna be like later. Uh, in terms of the makeup, like how long did that take compared to Siren, which is basically the same character, but it was like a lot, like with Siren, it, it, it does feel like they had a lot more time to develop the character in terms of like the makeup. Oh my gosh. I. I was in the makeup chair 24 seven. It, it was awful. Um, Cause it was full body makeup, like for both. Yeah. And, um, and plus the, the special effects stuff too. And anytime I would walk anywhere, not so much with Siren, but with VHS, they had, they had silicone on the bottom of my feet. So when I would get up and walk anywhere, it would rub off and I'd have to be back in the chair. <laughs> to fix it and like my fingernails would pop off and I couldn't go to the bathroom 
And it was just like horrible. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> like, I imagined it, but like I imagined it that that just the the crease thing itself, where it just pops open, and that, that would take at least several hours to do, because or at least something like that. And that was actually a little bit faster than than oh. the teeth thing, the siren, the teeth thing. That was tedious because they had to like stick all the little teeth, and they would fall off, and then put them back on again. Um, yeah, I have to refresh in the blood and repaint. Blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, the crease was, that was just um, rigid colloidium, I think is what it's called, or collodium, colloidium, and where they just squeeze the skin together and put the goo in here, and then it and then it looks like a scar, and that was really quick. Um, yeah, that's the that's the one thing, just watching the film, the, the two films back to back, is that I kind of like how you, it's like, you just can't place it, but it's like, you know, there's something that Lily, you know, there's like that little crease thing that 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 you feel like something is wrong with her, but at the same time, as a succubus, you know, it's like, oh, she's just using her powers of alluring this to not really know, to make that like kind of like, like a factor. Uh, but yeah, speaking of the character, between the two films, because uh, Siren does like kind of like, put the backstory into the character. When you were doing VHS, did you have like this backstory in mind where it's like, oh, she was the same backstory in mind or was it something that like was- Oh yeah, no, I didn't I, I didn't have that backstory in mind. Um, not with the, the whole um, kidnapping thing, none of that, but we did develop a backstory. It wasn't near, nearly as in depth as Siren, but yeah, that's kind of what you got to do when you're developing a character from from the ground up, which is what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, even though it is this, a, a technically the same character, or at least, it, I mean, it is it's essentially the same character. It, it follows the same thing. I, I do. Think with Siren, like they do add a lot more stuff that probably would have been interesting to see. Like, at, you know, uh, not only does Lily, you know, sing her Siren song, that, you know, it, it it's interesting. Yeah. There's a That's lot. That's me. That's oh. me singing. Yeah. I was actually got wondering if that was actually you or someone else dubbing you, or because it does actually sound like it's actually on the set, like actually live. It was, but it was also, we also recorded it after as well. We actually recorded it in my living room. <laughs> wow. Which is not really, not really the best for, um, for sound, but I guess it worked. I guess it worked out all right. No, I, I, I recorded a show in, a, in my bedroom. So it's like, this is not the best place for sound, but you gotta do what you gotta do, especially if you need to, do, if you, if I, ever learned something from my sound classes or stuff like that too you gotta do what you gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do in order to get that um uh what's one called uh the sound cue itself uh yeah uh, <clears throat> man oh my gosh i'm gonna find a zyrtec here soon uh now i guess in terms of the character wise, did you see this as the same character 
Or was it just like the, the same character, just like more fleshed out? I felt like it was the same character, just more fleshed out. She has I, a tail. Like, there's some differences. She's a tail. She's a slightly different face. Yeah. Yeah. I was 10 years older. I don't know. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, it does feel like it. With Amateur Night, it's like it's a more self-contained story, but Sharon does feel like it's a more um, fleshed-out story that does feel like, it, oh, it's the same character, but it's like, it's the same character, but, you know, it's like, it's just, you know, it, she may have just evolved over, over the years. Or, I guess. Yeah. Uh, although now it's just like, but where does this take place in Amateur Night? And it's like, and then you just try and, and then, and then you have someone like me who was like, well, where does this take place in the timeline? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's good as much as I have for questions about Siren, Amateur Night, what have you. Because uh, a, a lot of the things I do had in mind was especially in terms of just the character itself and makeup and stuff like that too, because I do feel like the makeup does feel a lot more impactful in Siren. I mean, it does feel impactful in Amateur Night because, you know, given the fact that it's like, oh, it's like the first time you see her and then everything else that you see in Siren is a lot, is a, as I said, fleshed out, especially in terms of that. Uh, now, I mentioned before that you, uh, uh, you, you, I mean, you mentioned before that you've done more anthology stuff too. Uh, do you feel that anthologies are a lot more better? I wouldn't say better to film, but do you think uh, anthologies are a lot more fun to film because it's a lot, it's essentially a self-contained story compared to a regular film, where it's just like, oh, you got to worry about continuity and stuff like that too. Um, I think. I think what's good about anthologies is that um, <clears throat> if you don't like a segment, it'll be over soon and you'll probably find something that you do, you know, within it. Cause there's lots of different voices, usually, usually different filmmakers, different directors, different writers. And um, so that's, what's fun about anthologies. It's just like, you know, there's going to be something, there's going to be something for everybody in it usually. Um, it's it's not it's not any different than filming a, a regular feature um, for me anyway. It's just shorter. It's but it's the same. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty much the same. I mean, if you're the lead and you're in everything, it's it's the same. It's just like less days of filming. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because I the one things I do about anthology especially anthology movies is that you know it's like it even if you do don't like one of the certain segments you know there's probably gonna be another segment like maybe two segments away or maybe the next segment where it's just like oh it kind of like brings the story back into the thing the yeah. only thing that the only thing about anthologies that are hard to do is the 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 wraparound segments where it's like it's kind of like tearing uh tearing it's essentially tying all the stories together in Tales from the Dark Side, which is a great, you know, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, which is a great, you know, the anthology movie. 
the wraparound segment is a boy reading, you know, fairy tales to. Uh, oh right. Yeah, to, to the witch that's about to eat him because they're doing the handsome grail thing. What's great about that is is that oh, it's essentially uh, a boy reading you know fairy tales to somebody. So any type of story that goes into the thing, it makes more sense because this is a kid reading a story. Uh, it's like it's like a Shahrazad kind of yeah mo moment where she's distracting him from killing her with her stories. Like she's yeah. the original. She's the original wraparound. Yeah. <laughs> And with you know, with uh, something like Creep Show, it's like the first Creep Show. It's just oh, it, um, it's just I believe it's the father reading the stories from the comic, or is this the kind? I I haven't watched Creep Show in a while, so I, and I'm not sure how the show is different because I know the show does um, just it. I, I know the show's rapper. Uh, makes the segments more like, oh, it's just the comics itself. It's like, it's just an issue from the comic or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Creepshow, I know that you actually guest starred on an episode most recently on the, on, on the, uh, on the show. Uh, was, how was that experience for you? That was great. I loved it. I love working with Greg Nicotero and, um, and Justin Long. He was just like so nice and so so much fun um, to to work with. I uh, I also just really enjoy everybody on their crew, like the makeup department, the hair department. They're absolutely amazing, and and the wardrobe was all tailor made for me, and and I got to wear all these gorgeous hats and things, and it was just it was so much fun. It was the best. I've seen photos of of you on Creep Show. I was like, oh, it actually does it does feel like they had a lot of fun just trying to create a, a look of, I'm, cause I'm trying, like, I don't want to like spoil myself, but it's like, oh, the character, it just say, it just says you're playing a countess, I think, mm -hmm. and or something to that effect. And like, oh, if you're playing someone who was a countess or a baron or something like that, you're going to look like very, someone like very regal type of clothing. So I, and I just imagine the clothing upon is like, how do we make someone look very regal and still look like, oh, it's still a horror, like a Gothic horror type of uh, character. Well, you have to see the episode in order to understand. I really, I don't want to give it away because maybe some people haven't seen the finale of season two. Oh, this yet. is, oh, okay. I thought it was, I thought, oh, okay. This makes it more interesting now. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a, it's a 45 minute one. And, um, yeah, so I don't want to tell you anymore because then it'll give it'll give away the, the plot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to like watch Creep Show as it is because you know it's I, it's I, good. Yeah, they I, did a I, good I, job. Yeah. I, I someone actually reviewed a recent episode of it and they did a Bob Ross versus like kind of like a, a Evil Dead thing, and I'm like, oh my yeah, God. my buddy, my buddy. Uh, Mark Ashworth's in that. He plays Bob Ross. And I'm like, oh my God, that actually does sound amazing to watch. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the thing. It's like not only do not only do they have like the Bob Ross type of like mannerisms and type like that, even though he isn't playing Bob Ross, he's just playing a character like Bob Ross. Yeah. And I'm like, they they have like the mannerisms down, they have the fact that this is PBS down. And I'm like, 
they had the Evil Dead stuff down, even though this is not clearly Evil Dead, even though yeah. they have Ted Reading, and it's like, and yeah, it's definitely a show that I do want to check out, and I probably will check out soon enough. And okay. uh, I know that you say you didn't want to talk a lot, but, and uh, I, this is like the, and I could tell from the, the sound of voice and how I'm sounding right now too, from my own mouth. <sighs> Uh, I don't want to take up much more of your time. Uh, oh, that's all right. Have, yeah. Yeah, I do have three more questions. That's fairly easy. Uh, okay. One, uh, one, do you have? Oh, crap! I do. I did want to mention stuff about about if you filmed because I. One of the things, yeah, that that's probably not a question altogether. That's probably like something that you probably don't want to talk about stuff like that because I had one. One of the other questions I had was like experiences with COVID, you know, uh, coming and stuff like that too, especially if it's like pre stuff. But again, that's a whole long discussion in there. And like, and yeah, I filmed, I filmed a few features and um, two, two, three TV shows during COVID. And uh, um, everybody was just really, really careful. And we just quarantined and, and just stayed away from um, anybody who wasn't in our pods. And it yeah. was fine. Um, there was, I was actually working um, as crew on a feature that my buddy was doing. And one of the extras had COVID and we had to shut down for two and a half weeks. But that wasn't what I was, um, I wasn't acting. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, because yeah. I always feel like, um, like, I'm not sure like what the, the, the type of uh, stuff it is now because it, Again, it's weird because I've I've had people who work on their own little short films and stuff, and they and they're very adamant on COVID uh, precautions and stuff like that. You know, face masks if you're not in a scene. If you're in a scene, take your face mask off and so forth and so on. Uh, crew would have their face mask on, stuff like that. But I've also talked to people who are like, if you get vaccinated and stuff like that too, then it's perfectly okay not to be, you know, wearing your face mask all the time and stuff like that too. So I definitely do feel like within the next like year or so, it's like, it's, they're probably gonna have to re-reformulate everything in terms of just uh, restrict, not restrict, well, restrictions, but also just like filming precautions and stuff like that too. But back to my three original questions, <laughs> again, that's how my mind works sometimes. Uh, back to my original questions. Uh, do you have anything that's coming out uh, in terms of like, yeah, if do you have anything that's coming out in like in the next couple of months that you do want to share that's like, oh, by the way, I have this thing coming out? Yeah, um, I've got several movies that are going to come out soon, and I'm on the third season of Creep Show. Ooh, so, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it was so, so much fun. Um, so I have a movie on location. It's, uh, I believe it's got distribution and going to be out soon. It's a horror thriller and um, it's, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. And um, I've got another movie that we just shot up in Maine and that one is called Time's Up. And that one's not quite finished yet, but it should be out soon. And then one that I, Okay, so Dead by Midnight 1 and Dead by Midnight 2, I believe we just got distribution and will be out soon. And I act in both of them, but in the second one, the Dead by Midnight 2, Why to Kill, um, 
I actually wrote, I wrote and directed a segment. And they're anthologies, both of them. And um, what else? What else? What else? I guess that's it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's fun to have a lot of this stuff coming out, especially especially when it's like now it's like in the past like year or so it's like nothing really hasn't come out because of you know COVID and like old theaters are shut down and, and now a lot of films that were coming out last year are now coming back out now so it's like much more fun now to I mean it's it's fun but it's also probably going to be a lot more hectic uh as a actor well actress especially saying hey how many premieres I have got uh, coming out Three premieres and like all coming in out like, like relatively at the same time. Okay. <laughs> that's kind of how that's kind of how it is. It's like feast or famine. It's like nothing, 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 and then a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got three premieres within the same week. Okay. I can do this. Cool. I feel fancy. <laughs> I feel fancy. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's in the same area. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh in terms of social media, do you have any social media that you want to plug? Yeah, I'm on I'm on everything. Um, well, no, I'm not on TikTok, but I should be because it looks it looks like people are having a lot of fun on there. Um, uh, Instagram, I'm Hannah Fearman. I'm Hannah Fearman on Facebook. I'm Hannah Fearman on Twitter. I'm or I'm no, I'm Hammer Rose Fearman on Twitter. I don't ever tweet, so. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not real creative with with my what do you call it? Your handle? Yeah. Your handle. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. My, my, I don't it took a while for me to figure out what my creative handle will be in this. Like, you know what? I'm just going to be mean instead uh-huh. of just, trying to, it, it's, you know, just going to be me. It's like, okay, there, I'm following me. Yeah. yeah. Keeping it simple. Uh, Cause I'd, I'd want to change it all the time. If it was something fun, I'd, I'd want to change it up. So I just got it. I just got to keep it my name and that, and then I won't change it. Uh, yeah. And my third and final question is, do you have any advice, especially those who are just starting out and especially out as acting, especially if they're just like finishing up, say, acting conservatories or acting schools or classes and stuff like that, too? And they do. And especially, you know, uh, especially if they do want to go into horror, but they kind of like feel like, oh, there is a certain stigma with horror and stuff like that, too. And that's always going to be an interesting conversation I want to have on the show. It's like the stigma of horror. and having people it's like, oh, I've done horror movies. And they're like, ah, you've done horror movies. And, and people will always forget like the, t- the type of people who like got work on horror movies beforehand and now are major stars because of their work previously. Ugh. You know, honestly, I don't think that there's much of a stigma anymore. Um, people like to talk about the stigma, but I haven't, I haven't noticed it. Like, um, at least not in a really long time um because everybody's into horror right now like the walking dead you know um and i mean even even the kids shows are like vampires and ghouls and goblins and you know vampire diaries and everything's everything's got an element of horror these days and, and when it doesn't it's either very very genre specific or it's boring um you know everybody's a horror fan whether they know it or not like yeah. it's and it's like it's too it's too broad of a genre to just blanketly say that you don't like horror uh but yeah i guess that's it uh 
Anna, thank you for being a great guest on this podcast of mine. And thank you for being essentially uh, the 50th guest. Well, wow. Yeah, the 50th guest. Well, 50th episode, 50th guest, but probably more. You're probably more than 50, probably more than just a 50th guest because I've had other people on the show that's like maybe four, like two people on this on the show, three people on the show. So, but technically, yeah. this is the 50th episode. So, you are the 50th guest. So, thank you for wow. being the 50th guest on this podcast. Uh, yes, uh, I'm not sure where I'm going to go in terms of season six of my podcast. I am on, I, I am in the early stages of planning that out. I'm going to try and do specialty pod, like, like not like pod pod, but like specialty episodes, whereas like I focus on a couple of, a couple of things. I mean, a couple of like, I may focus on three episodes on directors. I may focus on three episodes on writers and so forth and so on. But that would be cool. That, especially the writer one. There is a podcast I was listening to, um, that's for writers specifically, these two guys that are in the writer's union. Um, and uh, they had some fascinating stuff to say on there. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot that you could do with that. It's a good idea. Yeah, uh, especially since uh, my next guest, who I don't want to uh, say who it is yet, but he is a writer on, on one of the CW uh, superhero shows. And cool. I do want to talk to him about, especially a lot of stuff about writers and stuff like that too so i am gonna try and get him to write get him to write a role for me okay (laughs) slide my name my name in there just be like hey bro write hannah fearman a a character would you i know i know this this actress she's very good (laughs) appreciate it appreciate it brian (laughs) of course all right uh that's that's episode 50. Uh, thank you for those who keep on watching this show or listen to this show. Uh, just stay safe, take care, and be well.